Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to the latest uh, episode of Trundle Bed Tales. This is the uh, podcast where we talk about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundle Bed Tales. Find us around the web under Trundle Bed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or even just have an account on iTunes, please leave positive feedback for the podcast because that helps people find the show. This is episode 80 of Trundle Bed Tales, and today we are looking back on Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom during 2016. Now, if uh, you tried to listen to the show earlier in the week, we were having some terrible technical problems on Wednesday, but hopefully we've got everything worked out now, and things will go a lot more smoothly today. 2016 was the 149th anniversary of Laura Ingalls Wilder's birth, and 2017 is the 150th. So we've got a lot of things going on this uh, this month or this year, and we will get to that hopefully in next week's podcast. So today, we are looking back on all the things that happened in 2016. Now, one thing was that Laura was inducted into the Missouri Public Affairs Hall of Fame on the, univers- uh, on the University of Missouri campus. Now, uh, there was this big ceremony in April, and it was kind of an interesting thing because uh, a lot of people were kind of confused and th- thought this was the Missouri Hall of Fame. But actually, Laura was put into the Missouri Hall of Fame, which is located in the state capital in Jefferson City, back in the early 90s. This is a completely different thing. So now she's in a couple different uh, uh, Hall of Fames. Also this year, this last year, Jerry Pinckney, who uh, is a wonderful a children's picture book uh, author won ALA's Wilder Award. Now, what that is, is Laura never won a Newbery Award in her life, which is the prize for the best children's book of the year. Uh, I think four of her books did win honor, which is a sort of uh, show or place level under the award. But afterwards, when a lot of the books that won over her have been forgotten and hers has still stayed strong, the American Library Association kind of felt a little guilty about it. They'd been overlooked because they were series books. And so to sort of make up for it, they created the Wilder Award, which is an award given for lifetime achievement in children's literature. Wilder herself was the first recipient of the award and Grant or Garth Williams designed the medal that they get. Originally, they gave it just once uh, every few years, uh, but they've kind of been giving it more and more frequently. Um, And now it's pretty much, 
an every year or every other year at most thing. But uh, Jerry Pinckney won it in 2016, and you can listen to his speech about it uh, through the American Library Association, and they always put the text of it in library magazines. So you can look for it there, too, if you just want to read it. Now, the big news under books that came out this year was the selected letters of Laura Ingalls Wilder edited by William Anderson came out. Now, most authors of repute at some point get a book of selected letters that came out about it. This was Laura's. Uh, It was put together with notations and annotations by William Anderson, who's the big Laura Ingalls Wilder scholar. And, uh, he feels like this would be the last collection, the large last collection of Laura's unpublished work to be released. So uh, it's kind of a big deal, and we were all excited about it. And it came out this year. It is also available on uh, in an audio format, and it's a very nice thing. And we actually had Bill Anderson on this show to talk about it. So on the show notes that I've put together, there is a link to that episode, too. Another thing that people really liked this year was that the Little House coloring book came out. Now, this was just sort of cash in on the current trend in adult coloring. It uses uh, a it uses. um well, the, the Garth Williams illustrations that kind of puts them together in sort of a different way. So it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be when uh, it came out, but it's kind of a cool thing. And if you're into adult coloring, that is definitely uh, something that you want to look into. It just came out this fall in time for color or for Christmas shopping. Um, and if you like coloring, and want sort of a more traditional-looking uh, coloring book, Cheryl Harness also has a Laura Ingalls Wilder coloring book. It's been out for a few years, and I will put in a link to her sample page that she has up on her website because you might enjoy that too. Now, there were also new paperback editions of two scholarly books that uh, were uh organized by the Laura Ingalls Wilder Memorial Society in DeSmet. One is Little House Long Shadow, Laura Ingalls Wilder's Impact on American Culture by Anita Claire Fellman, which includes a reference to me. I had written a letter during her initial call uh, for information, and she ended up citing my letter, which I thought was kind of cool. The majority of the research for this book was done in the 90s, and you, even though it wasn't originally published until uh, quite a while after that, but you can kind of tell most of the research was done in the 90s. Still, very interesting book, very interesting political take. Also, uh, edition of Laura Ingalls Wilder and Rose Wilder Lane, Authorship, Place, Time, and Culture by Johnny Miller came out. And it is a collection of essays and articles that he had originally published other place. Um, it's sort of a miscellaneous thing where his other books have had more of a theme. These were sort of a mixture, but as always, Johnny Miller is a good read. Now, Pomona, California always has the one of the first Laura events of the year, and that was the 50th anniversary of their gingerbread social. 
which they insisted was their 50th, despite the fact that it was started 49 years ago. And despite all the, the information that I've ever gotten on it from them, confirmed it was started in 1967. For some reason, they had a big blow up that it was the 50th last year. I have not yet confirmed they're having it this year. I really hope they are. And I will let you know in our looking ahead podcast if they actually are going to have it, hopefully. Pepin, Wisconsin, did a dry run for their cabin birthday event that they're going to have this year in 2017 to mark the 150th. They did it out at the cabin, and uh, they it, it's kind of a risky move because there is, when you live in the Midwest, it's always a really kind of a risk to have anything going uh, scheduled on Laura's birthday. I do not usually take bookings anytime around there in February because I've just had to cancel too much, but they are very bravely going to have a, a cabin birthday event. And uh, they also had a sugaring off dance and they're going to try and repeat both those events this year. And I wish them all the best and good weather. They also at their annual meeting introduced a newly restored organ, a reed organ that is now working and is now on display in their museum. Independence, Kansas had kind of a rebuilding year. They were shifting the organization, um, leadership of it, and kind of reevaluating where they were. Uh, They had their prairie days, as they usually do, but um, some of the other events that their previous Um, director had introduced kind of fell by the wayside. There were a lot of small living history events she did um, and uh, one or two other big events, but um, it really was rebuilding and they've got lots of great plans. And um, I hope I, I can give you a little more detail about what's going on in 2017. Walnut Grove, Minnesota had an exciting year because uh, Walnut Grove is the home site that really uh, makes the most of their connection to the television show. It's because uh, that Walnut Grove is the place that isn't mentioned in the book. If you read On the Banks of Plum Creek, despite the fact that it's set in Walnut Grove, they don't say the name of the town. They go to school in town. They go to church in town. They leave on the train from town. Never say the name of the town. So when the TV show came out and started saying Walnut Grove all the time, uh, attendance just skyrocketed. So they liked the television show in Walnut Grove. Unlike DeSmet, that was replaced by a made-up city. So uh, this was a big year because Karen Grassel, who played Ma on the show, uh, came back to be one of their guest speakers. They normally have uh, at least a TV person one of the three weekends of the pageant, and they were uh, really excited to have Karen back. They had had a special event where they had 10 different people from the show, which were most of the people that... um, are still around and are willing to do these events. Um, Melissa Gilbert really won't do them. 
and um, and there were a couple other cast members that are still alive, but really aren't in a condition to do them. But these were the major cast people and even a couple minor cast people. It was a great group, but Karen couldn't work it out in her schedule, so she was missing. So this is the first time they have had her back until her since her original appearance there while the show was on the air in the 70s. If you go and visit the home site gift shop, they have some postcards of her from that initial visit wearing a very 1970s pantsuit with a bonnet because the historic dress she brought to wear the airline lost. So they gave her a bonnet out of the gift shop and uh, that's what she wore. So it's, it's some really great pictures. And so this was her first time back. Also, uh, Charlotte Stewart, who played Miss Beetle, was back. She has had a long connection with the site, appeared there quite a few times, and makes what she calls beetle bags that they sell in uh, the gift shop there. And Wilder expert Bill Anderson also spoke. And any time you have a chance to hear Bill Anderson speak, you need to take advantage of it and do it. Now, DeSmet, South Dakota's highlight of the year was that I spoke at the Ingalls Homestead. Well, I think it's the highlight anyway. I had a great time, and DeSmet was just great, as always. But what they probably really would focus on if someone from DeSmet was asked was that this was the first full year of the new director at DeSmet, whose name is Tessa Flack. I interviewed her last year, and I will link to that in the show notes. Um, and the other big change is that the Memorial Society in DeSmet has long staunchly held that when you paid a subscription for Laura Ingalls Wilder Lore, or as it's familiarly called, Laura Lore, uh, that it was only a subscription for the publication. And it is, by the way, the was the first regular newsletter on Laura Ingalls Wilder, and it has long been the best. Um, and it has outlasted many other newsletters, the um, ones that are left that still publish on a very regular basis are the lore, and uh, the um, it used to be Farmer Boy News. I think they call it Amanda Wilder News now. Uh, those two are still in regular publication, and the others have kind of frittered away to periodic publication, I'm sorry to say, because it's always good to get the news out there. And I don't think they not only have kind of stopped publication, they also haven't really fully moved out into other ways of communication, but that's all a digression. Uh, Laura Lore has just been a subscription. When you bought, even though it said membership in the society, you were just getting subscription. They have changed that uh, in this uh, last year. It's a completely new system. They scrapped all that. They will honor current subscriptions until they expire, including current lifetime memberships, but it will no longer be an option to get new ones. The idea is they want to get you to pay in a ratcheted system. So if you are give them a membership at one amount, you get these benefits. If you add on and go up another level, you get those plus these other benefits. And I think I think there's like four levels. I haven't looked at it for a while. But 
uh, you have to pay that every year to get those. And hopefully they're trying to set up a more stable um, financial flow for the museum, uh, income flow, because really these are small local museums. They do not get money from uh, the sale of the books. They, a lot of times, you know, just get grants from state agencies. So other than that, there's the sales on the gift shop, admissions, and uh, donations from people. So if we really want to keep these sites going, we need to support that. We need to buy from their gift shops. We need to buy memberships. And uh, I think it's an important thing. Now, there is a full description of these new systems in the winter 2015 issue of Lore. And uh, if you're having any questions, that is probably your best bet to have it all laid out for you. Mansfield, Missouri had a banner year in 2016 is that they finally opened their new museum in April. Now they have been working on trying to get this museum going, oh, way back when we were still doing the Laura Ingalls Wilder Literary Society listserv. Uh, we gathered up money and donated for that. So they've been really working on it a long time. They got a USDA grant uh, and they finally put it together. Now, I will say that uh, they also, I think somewhat wisely, they had before this um, buying back the wilder land. So they pretty much, they're close, uh, have back all the land that the wilders owned at the peak of um, before they started selling land off again, which I think was a great thing. They have a development plan for the site. They're not just going, oh, we'll put this here and we'll, oh, here's this other project. We'll put it here. Um, they have a long-term plan with priorities. Uh, they also, unfortunately, because of the land purchase, have a lot of debt. So um, if you, I mean, they are a really great place to visit. Now they have their new museum. And I actually haven't made it down there. I keep trying to get down there. But it would be a great time to visit Mansfield and check out their new museum. Now, Malone, New York, uh, appeared in, on uh, Mountain Lake uh, Public Broadcasting with a news magazine segment on the Almanza Wilder Farm. Now, the great thing about this is normally they do not have um, they don't let you to have pictures in the house, but they let the cameras in. And so you get to see some of the rooms around the house. They also talk a little bit about the barns. Uh, it features uh, two um, guides. And I'm going to mostly say look at it for the pictures. But it is, uh, the museum is well worth it, even though, as I always tell people, it is a long drive down a two-lane road from anywhere, but it is definitely worth the trip. They started a new celebration this year, very low-key, didn't give much warning, but they had a Laura and Almanzo anniversary celebration on uh, Thursday, August 25th, 2016. They had at least one couple that deliberately came because their anniversary was the 25th and, and they drove down. And I think that's really cool. And it's really, as far as I know, the only site 
that makes a um, deal out of their anniversary. Although I do not know why people didn't think of this before. It's just brilliant. February, when it's her birthday, it's terrible weather. You're always taking a chance. August 25th, you got much better shot of good weather. I mean, this is a great time to have an event. I mean, it's going to have a little conflict with schools, but at least for people within reasonable driving range, if that is a really good idea, and I hope to see it spread to other home sites. Uh, in a, a little, in much worse news, they also did uh, in in memorandum part on their uh, newsletter. And Bill Menke, who was the husband of the Amanda Wilder Farm former archivist Elizabeth, way this year, uh, Elizabeth did some really great work in gathering materials. Uh, I met her and Bill just once, but they were very nice people, and I'm very sorry to hear of his passing. They also lost former volunteer Fred Holmes, who had been rather instrumental in getting the barns up and current volunteer, Bonnie Demers. And I have no idea if that's how you say her last name, uh, suddenly passed away this year. Also uh, in happier news, Ken Pulsifer, again, no idea if that's how you say his name was a longtime volunteer and board member who constructed a trail to the schoolhouse. And I haven't been there since they did this, so I'm not exactly sure where it runs. It looks like it goes through woods part of the way from the picture, but it's supposed to give you a, a path to walk to the schoolhouse to represent the path that Almanzo would have taken walking to school. The school they have on the grounds is a couple well, I'm going to say 100 yards, I don't really know, but a couple hundred yards from uh, the house, which, of course, there was not a school there. It is a rebuilt representation um, of the school, and this was just to kind of give you a little bit flavor of the walk. They've added a new sign to this and have named the trail, the schoolhouse trail, and also put Pulsifer's name on it. There were several other major museum events around the country. They had a special event in Anaheim, California, which was dinner with seven of the Little House uh, on the Prairie TV show stars. It uh, also had two levels of tickets. And first, I think it was 15 of the top level of tickets. Personal tour of the Simi Valley site where they shot the television show with a couple of the stars, which sounded absolutely awesome and the way to go if you ever wanted to tour it. Uh, other sites around the country, Old World Wisconsin and Eagle Wisconsin had their World of Little House, which is an event that's gotten bigger and smaller over the years. They were up to six weeks with this event um, as of a couple years ago. This, this year they were at about three, but still a great event. And just as a reminder, if you get a chance to go this year, this is about the only historic site I've heard of that encourages you, not just allows, but encourages you to wear historic outfits. Um, and there's a good reason for that, although it's not a happy thought for your pictures. Um, but they do allow you to come in, and they were even 
giving a discount for people who wore the historic clothes, which I thought was kind of great. Heritage Hill is another living history site in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I have not been to that one, but it seems to be more focused on having the TV stars there, it seems, uh, from the reports I've heard about it from other people. Uh, Also, the Genesee's Country Village and Museum in Mumford, New York, same deal, kind of more on the TV shows. And kind of a cool one this year was that uh, the Henry Ford had a short daily program, which was about 15 minutes of a first person uh, character being Laura uh, from, and it was a couple times a day from October to October, October 30th, which I thought was kind of cool. The Henry Ford um, is very near Detroit. It's in Dearborn, um, and it it is it it is great. The hotels you may have to stay in to get there, maybe not so great, but it is wonderful and well worth a visit. And I'm so excited that they did something for Laura. Uh, and another event going on last year was that the University of Missouri once again did a massive open online course or a MOOC, as they call it, with Pamela Hill-Smith. She had previously done a two-part class on Laura, and she, I have a blog post where uh, I have all the videos. They put them out on YouTube of the first half of that course. Well, what she did in 2016 was she combined the two halves And then she said she added a few more original things. So um, MOOCs have really big signups and abysmal completion rates. And I must admit, I signed up for the first one and got busy with other things and didn't get it completed either. But uh, if you just want to watch the videos, they are on YouTube, and as I say, I have a post link to them with little descriptions about what the different sections are, putting them in order on my on my blog post. I will do a link to that. If you follow the link, just a fair warning, with those many videos, even though they're just embedded links, it takes it a while to load. So be patient, uh, but and the post will eventually show up with all of those on there. Now, this is actually uh, an anniversary of sorts for me because we have a, um, uh, this was when we had our very first broadcast, our very first episode. It was sort of a pilot. I didn't have the music yet or anything. And actually I was sick. It was, sounds pretty terrible, but it's still up there. And it was originally broadcast December 19th, 2010 which means this is uh, basically my um, sixth and sixth year that I've been doing this. And I am just really happy that I've been able to share Laura Ingalls Wilder with you. And I hope that uh, you will stick with me in the new year and that we will have uh, some other episodes coming up that you will enjoy. My New Year's resolution is to get back to my regular schedule, and this is the first step of that. I hope that you have enjoyed listening to the roundup of what happened in Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom in 2016, and that you will 
come back and check with us again for 2017. Now, let me remind you all again that any time that we do have an episode, you can, uh, by calling in, you can also stream live. If you're going to want to chat during the show, and we usually have our chat room open, then you can um, be sure to uh, create a login before the show starts. You can also show in with your Facebook page, um, but it really works better if you set up your own account. And I hope that we will um, get to uh, cover really great things today. Our next episode, episode 81, is going to be looking ahead to Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom in 2016. Thank you for joining me today, and remember to brighten the corner where you are. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.